I'm Matt Brownell. And I'm Van Owens. And I'm Tim Adams. Welcome to Climbing the Mountain, where we dive into the scriptures and discuss themes, connections, and real-life application. We're kicking off a series here where we're going to examine the Sermon on the Mount and discuss implications for this teaching for Christians today. Continuing now with the Beatitudes, we've got a little bit more structure, and then we're going to dive into each one of them. Van, do you want to read the Beatitudes for us to start? I'd be delighted to. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 5. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside, sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Awesome. All right, there's a lot of blessed there, isn't there? There's a lot of blessed people. Now, the word blessed, I don't know, it sounds like something good, right? But Mm -hmm. also pretty religious, Uh, a little holy maybe. Maybe, I don't know if it's totally relatable. Uh, Not necessarily a word that you use in everyday speech uh, today. Uh, And the other thing that's confusing about all this is that I wouldn't think anyone who's would be blessed if they're poor or mourning or mm-hmm. any of the other things that Jesus says. Uh, what does Jesus mean by this word blessed? And if it's such a great thing, why are so many of these blessings, uh, blessed people, why, why does it seem like such a bummer? What's that all about? So I, I think the blessed is one of those words we've heard. So if you've been in Christian circles for a long time, you, you've heard it so much you kind of sort of know what it means but you like i don't think i could actually write a definition of the word no, blessed hard. Mm-hmm. um because it's kind of one of those there's so many connotations of it that we project onto it in <laughs> 21st century america and so i think we project i have a lot more to say about projecting in a different question uh we project a lot of things onto that word because of this and i think sort of looking at some of the um kind of the cultural context would be God's favor is with dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. It's probably a, a helpful, it's a helpful way for me to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I hear blessed are those who, um, and he's talking to his disciples, it's he's not including his disciples in this blessing right now. Or maybe he is, but he's not doing it explicitly. It's kind of saying, blessed are all these people who do this. And, and he's and all of these things seem to be like, not not all, but a lot of them seem to be, like Matt said, a, a bit of a bummer, right? Like, I don't want to be poor in spirit. That doesn't sound like fun. I don't, I don't like mourning. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes mourning. Nobody wants to be in mourning. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody really wants to be meek. I mean, meek could be viewed as like a subjugated people, which would, you know... Israel is a subjugate. I mean, nobody wants to live in that condition. Uh, no, I don't really like being hungry or thirsty. Um, so I don't. 
Yeah, nobody likes being. Some of us get angry when we're hungry. Um, hangry. Angry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, some of us have friends and family who get hangry. <laughs> Names will not be mentioned. No. Um, as always on this pod. But so, like, it all seems so undesirable, and it all seems like we're not... Like, if I take a step back and try to put myself in these people's shoes, I wouldn't think of a lot of these descriptions as being blessed by God. Mm-hmm. It seems like they've been uh, forgotten more than blessed. And so mm-hmm. I have to... I'm when I'm res- As I'm wrestling with this, I go, okay, these people seem like they've been forgotten by God, but Jesus is saying they're blessed... It almost is like Jesus is saying, these are the people, the people who exhibit these qualities, they're in and they're a part of what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They haven't been forgotten. They haven't been, um, they're not left behind. They are a part of what we are trying to do and what I am doing. Mm-hmm. And so they're in it. You think they're out, but actually they're in. Hmm. That's kind of how I view, that's how I make sense of this in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I think a couple of things when I, when you hear the word blessed, it's one of those words that, um, you know, if I do this, you. Bless you. Exactly. Right. I was like, what how, are you doing? That's how most, <laughs> I totally forgot it. You didn't that's come how, out of your mouth. That's how most of the that's how most people hear that word. Most people who hear that word, that's when they hear it. Yeah. And so, you know, Matt, you made a you made a reference to Inigo Montoya and the yeah, Princess yeah. Bride. I don't think that word means what we think it means. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for it's that the, connection. It's I my love favorite that. is my favorite quote from that movie. Yeah. And I think that, you know, so I have several times in my life dived into sort of what I would call for me and you know keep in mind that I'm not that deep a guy but a deep study into what that word means. I've done it several times in my life. Mm. And I still don't have a real like solid uh we talked about logic last time, a solid mm. logical grip on what that word means. And I think that that's probably intentional. Mm. I think that it means a great deal of things. Uh, one thing that I uh, that I sort of came away with from those studies is that this word "blessed" is a it's the original word is in its uh, in a superlative form. Mm. It's it's it doesn't just mean um, you know it's not just the 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 first form of the word. It's a it's more superlative and. Um, but it has become sort of a religious cliche word for us. We say it when we sneeze and we say it, you know, some religious us, people will say, say it when you sneeze. Yeah, some of <laughs> yeah, some did. Bless his heart. I didn't I guess I didn't oh, right. I guess I didn't imitate a sneeze well enough. We'll have we'll have uh, Brian you, edit you were, a better you were, you were good. You were good. You're you were good. good. You're fine. <laughs> Everybody was like he sneezed in the microphone. No, Brian's going to have knew, to take knew, it out. It Don't take out the sneeze, Brian. <laughs> but uh you know, I I think it I, I think it's a it's a superlative word, but we've uh, it's become religious cliche. Hmm. It's become a thing that people just say, uh, have a blessed day. You hear that sometimes 
from people or um Bless you know you you ask somebody how they're <laughs> that, doing Matt, and if they you've say, never been to the south that does not mean I know. actually bless their heart <laughs> right yeah. and they say you know you, you you ask somebody how they're doing and they say oh i'm blessed <laughs> and you know it sort of ends yeah. there yeah. that just means something it means something good what i sort of have come to in my own sort of devotional life is that it means, and I think, Matt, you were saying, it means God's favor is with you, that it it implies a sort of um, nearness to God, that something about you, when these, when these conditions are present in your life, there is a nearness of likeness to God. You're somehow becoming more like God. God, hmm. and, and I, I like to to add that sort of when I'm when I'm looking at this, and I think that um, I think that it's really important to embrace the fullness of that term, to uh, to explore it and to dig into it, and to not try to just give it a solid logical, concise, simple definition, because I don't think one exists. Well, it's funny you say that because when I was at Harvard's graduation last year, uh, the minister who got up at the end to give the blessing tried to do exactly that, tried to give a concise definition. I was like, oh, wait, we're going to be doing something eventually on the Beatitudes. I better write this down. I started like, oh, quick. Uh, but this guy, Matthew Potts, he, he basically said that uh, blessing is is uh, a way of seeing. And, and so what he said actually was, Blessing doesn't confer goodness, it honors it. Blessing is not a spell of protection, but an act of recognition. Not a way of making things become good, but a way of acknowledging that which is already good. Hmm. Blessing is a way of seeing. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, okay. that's I like that. I, I, I like mm-hmm. it because... I think the Beatitudes reorder priorities, yep. right? Mm-hmm. The the kingdom of heaven versus the kingdoms of the world. And you can kind of check Luke 6 for comparisons, but uh, do I really value the kingdom values? Weakness, poverty, weeping, meekness, or mm-hmm. do I really seek after fame, position, power, money? Which I think leads us into the next question. Yeah, uh, it does. But before we get there, can I just say one more thing? Because I just, I want to note... Uh, the, there's a similarity here between what how Jesus begins, you know, blessed, uh, and the beginning of Psalms. So, uh, blessed is the man who does not walk in the. Mm-hmm. So we, um, I think he's not only referencing Exodus and Deuteronomy uh, with the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. but he's also picking up on the wisdom literature. Yeah. So he's got the Torah and he's got you know the the five books of David mm-hmm. in there, and we last time we were talked a little bit about how um he ends his discussion with the path the narrow road mm-hmm. which is i think a strong call back to this some of this win- wisdom literature we see in proverbs about the path the way and uh but we see at the heart of wisdom here is what he calls blessed mm-hmm. i think there i think there's i don't know if you if you all agree if i'm reading something into it but uh i think there i think there's beginnings here that kind of allude to that i'm not convinced but i haven't dug deep enough into it all right well let's go on to the next one then um what does it mean to be poor in spirit 
can one be rich and still poor? Can someone be poor and not poor in spirit? When we're talking about this quality, does money even have anything to do with it? Um, yes and no, <laughs> to quote a throwback from Van from like 50 episodes ago. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's interesting because Luke doesn't throw in poor in spirit when mm. Jesus talks about this in Luke 6. Um, he just says, blessed are the poor. And, and yet, something about that feels wrong, right? Like, you're like, well, it's not like all poor people are bastions of righteousness, right? But it's definitely not that all rich people are either. (laughs) And and not all rich people are heathen, like... Yeah. Yeah. It's... Right. So it seems like it can't just be material poverty, right? Mm -hmm. That seems pretty easy to say. Yeah. But I guess I'll just say this without going into everything I'm thinking... It can't also just be – I don't think it can just be ethereal. <laughs> like a, it's We've, not just a thought exercise? It's not, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like just an analogy. It has nothing to do with the material world. Um, mm. But I I don't think that's the primary thing yeah. that Jesus is – I mean, Jesus goes on to talk about uh, wealth later in the Sermon on the yeah. Mount. Mm-hmm. And, and it very like concrete kind of examples, but also I think there's also a heart behind it too, right? Even there. Yeah. But like the, like in Luke again, like there's the blessings and then there's the woes, right? <laughs> and it says, woe to those who are rich for they've already received their comfort, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's definitely something material here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think with that there's a lot to unpack when he says the poor and the rich because yeah th- who he's talking to or the rich were the I would my theory I would think he was it was the Sadducees who were exploiting the Jewish people for their mm. own gain so like the den of robbers yeah that now that's that's a whole other thing to unpack so <laughs> I'm not gonna do it here. If you're listening to this podcast and you want to talk to me, <laughs> I love talk. Yeah, I'm, I've already gone on one bad tan- one tangent. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you have my phone number. You want to talk to me? Let me know because I could talk about that all day. But five five five. Um, just kidding. Five. Never mind. Um, so I I think about this, and I think what Tim said is like yes and no. It is that, and I think we can't. I also think we don't want to just view this as a thought exercise, right? Like, well, how do, how can one be poor in spirit but still be rich and do the mental gymnastics? That's probably not. Yeah, mental gymnastics is usually not good. Um, although it doesn't, it could. Yeah, we. I'm old and we get injured via mental gymnastics. Um, but I, I think of when I, when I see this, I, I, I had to kind of ground myself somewhere to ju- not just go. Oh, well, I'm supposed to be like live in poverty because when we look at Torah, Jesus is like God's goal for the society he created was that nobody would be ultra rich, like mm. so phenomenally wealthy they could control everyone. But his goal was also that nobody would be so poor that they were completely lacking. Like, yeah, he, there was a balance between wealth and poverty. So, like, being desperately poor is not God doesn't want that. 
So, so I'm. I, there's a lot yeah. of wrestling, and I think James talks about that, right? The brother of Jesus, how you yeah. you've hoarded wealth in the end, and it's mm-hmm. like it, it's corrupted. Yeah, and, and it's corrupting you. But and he, but he also doesn't. God's not like, well, I want you to be dirt poor, like so poor you can barely, you can't survive. Right. He doesn't want that desperate poverty. So I I I kind of had to go back and look don't through. Don't make me rich so that I'll forgive you, forget you. But yeah. don't make me poor so I'll steal. Yeah. Right. Right. That's out of Proverbs. Um. So I I, I I always think like poor means I'm lacking in something, right? Like I just don't have enough of it. And then spirit is one of those other words where I'm just like, I think I know what it means. I'm an engineer, not an English major. Mm-hmm. I think I know what it means, but how, like, I don't know how to define it. Like if Van said, write a, uh, write a definition of spirit, I'd be like, well, I'm failing this test. Mm-hmm. This is not happening. <laughs> but when I was looking it up, it's sort of like the thing that makes us a living human being, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's spirit is this thing inside of us. It's like the life force. And mm-hmm. I know that sounds really hokey and corny, but that's the best thing I could come up with. Mm-hmm. And so if we're poor in that way, we're lacking this thing that makes us like a person. We're in, I, I view it for me as a cycle of despair. Like you're just trapped in despair and you can't get out of it. This thing you, you're, you're not supposed to be that. That's not what God created me for. Um, and, and I think what, what's hard with that is you can be rich and, cra- and trapped in a cycle of despair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can also be poor and not be trapped in that cycle. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Jesus was trapped in a cycle of despair I don't think Jesus was poor in spirit. Mm-hmm. We could do the thought exercise to get in the mental gymnastics to get gymnastics. Words are hard to get him there, but I, I don't. He he wasn't lacking in spirit. Mm-hmm. Like he had an abundance of spirit. Mm-hmm. We want an abundance of spirit, and so I think when we lack spirit, it's kind of we're down. We're just burnt. I I think of when I was burned out. You know, about a year ago, I was super burned out. I think um, I was playing hockey and I just was standing there and I'm like, I don't care. I just don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care what happens in this game. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do anything. I was burned out and I was lacking in spirit. In mm-hmm. um, this thing that makes me a person, that makes me a three-dimensional being. Um, and I think what's hard about this is we have this idea in Christianity of like, how dare you be sad? How dare you be depressed? Mm-hmm. Jesus died for you. Get it together. And, and um, I've probably said that, and we would never say it. We would be much more subtle than that. But Jesus, God is saying, these people who are struggling, mm-hmm. who seem like they're just completely down and out. This is how I read it. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's open. I, I'm sure there's arguments mm-hmm. other ways, but I, I read it. These people who are down and out, who are struggling, who seem like they're just they have nothing left in the tank. Mm-hmm. I'm with those people. Yeah, they're closer to God mm-hmm. in some ways, not, right? Not even it, it's just God saying. Not I don't even think they're closer to God. I'm just thinking those are the people you go. Ah, they're not really part of this thing God's doing. And God's like, no, these people are part of what I'm doing. I'm bringing these people in. They're not closer than. Well, what I mean by that is like the the sinners and tax collectors are getting in before mm-hmm. the, you guys. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. because I, they they've seen their need. And I I don't think anyone's necessarily. Jesus is saying you're not 
part of it, but he's saying these people you think are on the outside are on the inside. And those people who are trapped in the despair, they're on the inside. I'm working with them too. They're part of this thing I'm doing. I also find that really, I know we're not doing quite the practical application yet, but I find it really comforting because if you are listening and you are in that cycle of despair, Mm -hmm. um, God is still working with you. God hasn't left you. God isn't like saying, you know, if you feel like you're just burned out of life, God's still with you. You are not done. Hmm. He hasn't forgotten you. He's actually remembering you, and he's trying to work with you, and he's at work in you. So can I – and I, I I love what you said there, Jim, and I think – so let, let me get a little – can I get a little mystical for a okay. moment? Let's say, so everybody, let's go. Dim the lights, light the candles. Some incense going. All right, I'm going to get less mystical out That is not. I think that is against the fire code. So, when I, so when, I, when I think about this, this poverty of spirit, I think about is it is it Genesis 2 where you get sort of the intimate the intimate description of God's creation of man it says that he molded him he he formed him and then it says he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils something like that and I envision that that feels really intimate to me that feels like God um, almost kissing his mm-hmm. his creation mm-hmm. and putting life into him. And so when I think of being poor in spirit, and I love what you shared, Jim, about that moment on the ice mm-hmm. where you're just sort of standing there and you're in a moment where nothing matters. I don't care about anything. I, I could stand here and just stand here. And I've had moments like that too. I th- for me, it was there when my daughter was three, I think, she had to get her tonsils taken out. And because of the other difficult situations with her health, it was more than just a routine tonsillectomy. It, mm-hmm. was, it was a little bit scary. And I remember while she was in surgery and being in the waiting room and thinking, I should be praying, but I don't even have it in me to pray. I'm just, I'm, I'm stuck. And I said, I said it to God. I said, I need mm-hmm. to pray, but I can't. And so I need you to help me understand how much I need you. Hmm. And that is about as low as I can imagine being. And there have been several times in my life when I've been like that. Sometimes it's motivated by some big thing happening like that. Sometimes it's just motivated by what what am I even here for? Why why are we here? And I think that maybe what this passage is getting to is that that's the moment when you're just an inert mass of clay. Hmm. And that's the moment when God comes to you and kisses you <laughs> and, and, and breathes some life into you. And in that moment, you can't possibly be any closer to God than that. Right. Hmm. And that it doesn't feel physically, emotionally, 
good. And I think that what when, when we talk about our little S spirits, that's the part of us that is like God. And that's the part of us that we need him to sustain because mm-hmm. we can't sustain it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when we're in touch with that, when we're in touch with our nothingness, with our utter inability to be anything good, bad, ugly, or in between, that's when God comes mm-hmm. and and kisses us. Van, if I can expound on one thing you said um, that the I- The kissing part? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thanks, Matt. Um, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere with that. No, I, I I love what you said because God's not with us. We we I think it, in our natural tendency we go, oh well, God will, God is with us once we get out of this. Exactly. Right. Once we right. pull ourselves out of the poor in spirit, and even the next one, mm-hmm. so I don't have to repeat myself. Once we pull ourselves out of mourning, and mm-hmm. I don't know exactly where we get that idea from, but mm-hmm. Jesus is saying, no, God is with you and for you. When you're there, right? Yeah. Not when you're done with the morning. Not when you yeah. have more spirit. God is with you when you're, when you're at the bottom. Yeah, you're at rock bottom in your spirit. God is with you. Yeah. He hasn't left you, and He's at work in you, and He's at work with you. Yeah. I think you're right. There's there's something about this at the core where it's our utter dependency is what we need to see and. I was, um, I, there's a, Clement of Alexandria wrote something really cool on the proper use of wealth, which where he, where he describes the quality of heart that, you know, you could be poor and still craving money. Uh, it's a great read. It's an interesting take on the shrewd manager too, which I, I was like, wow, that's cool. However, I think what you're saying here is more central to this, to what Jesus is getting at. And it, it's the quality of one's heart with respect to God, mm-hmm. expressing our total need and dependency so I think where I tie it back to the practical, like if the wealth piece, if you are wealthy, you have means. Mm-hmm. That can be deceptive. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. You're, not, you know, you're not so insecure. You look around, you've got some, you, you've got, you're not going to hit rock bottom. You've got, you've got ways to, to lift yourself up. You, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're not dependent on others or circumstances. You got a cushion. Now, um, money can buy all kinds of security. And so in that regard, it is deceptive, but, uh, and so you can miss your actual need. Mm-hmm. In Revelation three seventeen, though, my goodness, that's blistering. It says, you say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think the part that is making me think beyond what you guys have said is a lot of the way we've been thinking about this now is that, right, God meets us in the brokenness, right? Mm -hmm. If I could summarize a lot of that. Um, And and so I, I wonder if, I think that's a huge part of this and that's, that's, been one of the things that's very comforting to me when I think about mm-hmm. the, these first two. Um, but I wonder if there is also some aspect in which there's something to emulate here mm-hmm. instead of like, just like, hey, there's this horrible thing that you never want to have happen to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But even there, God loves you, which is beautiful. Um, 
But like, you know, if you jump to meek, for instance, Jesus literally says, I am meek and lowly. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there's something to, um, there's something yeah. to emulate there. Yeah. Right. And, and I think there's a, an argument. I don't need to go through all of them, but an argument for many of the other words, there's, there's a, there's something positive to emulate, yeah. not just there's this horrible place, but God's bringing people in, which I think is a part of it. So it's and your so, lens, right? Your perspective. Well, I, I guess that that's kind of? kind of the thing I'd. It's the wrestling. I'd, I'd ask. I yeah. Like, I think there's. I think there has to be something in poor in spirit and mourning, where Jesus is actually saying there's something here that is actually good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And I, I think yeah. I think you're right. I think there is something about this. Um. Where. Because we talked about it before, we're not all uh, Mr. Spock. We don't live on Vulcan, and we're not all logical. <laughs> we have, I know, I wish, uh, does not compute. Anyway, uh, the, the what we do is we filter truth through our belief system, right? And even if you're an atheist, you have beliefs. You believe there is no God, and so you live in a certain way based on those beliefs, and you filter in information based on those beliefs. Um and maybe what we need to do is to have a belief system where we are poor in spirit. We see that we actually need God, that we are not our own. We're fragile. We're not our own God. We can't, we can't do anything for ourselves without – everything we have is from God. Yeah. yeah. I, Tim, I think, you, I think you're on to something good in that you're, you're – there is something there that like, yeah, maybe this isn't – you know, I, I think it's it's hard to view this as a list of like things to aspire to necessarily. Yeah. I've I have a hard time getting there. It's not I don't think it's that reductive. Yeah. Um but I but I th- But you're right, there's I something think, good I, I about think, I think there is something. Yeah. Like if 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 this is about if this is partially about Jesus saying, like, you've got You've got a perspective on the world, on who's in and who's out, right? Who's blessed, who's got God's favor and doesn't have God's favor. Um, and I'm trying to reorient that for you. I'm trying mm-hmm. to help you see the how that's off. There's parts of that where it's about, it's as simple as, hey, I don't actually want to be merciful. <laughs> But actually, merciful is key, right? I think that might be a, not simple in practice, but something like there. And then there might be something like poor in spirit, where it's like there's um, there's an experience that I view as negative that isn't actually as negative as I think, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But 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 it is the I guess it's the fact that he's saying like. These people who are poor in spirit, there is blessing there. Like God's favor is on them. It feels, I don't know. It feels like, like, I can't remember the actual quotes, but even just thinking, probably in Isaiah, you know, the sense of the G and our Philippians, the sense of Christ emptied himself, right? He became nothing. nothing. Like I just hear echoes there. That are hard for me mm. to. Um, it's hard for me to take porn spirit and think that can only be like a negative thing. But God's like, I still got right. your back. Hmm. So like, yeah. it, so yeah. like you can you can be there 
in those moments like Jim explained on the ice, like I explained in the waiting room. Mm -hmm. But there's also something about it where you want to uh, somehow attain to it. Well, how many times am I actually in the waiting room, hypothetically, where I am broken, but I don't recognize it? Right. And I think I'm doing great. Yeah. And how many of those times immediately after do I just make a total mess of things <laughs> because <laughs> I thought I was rich and, in yeah. my soul, but I actually couldn't recognize my own poor. Yeah. Right. Bro- yeah. Brokenness. Right. And I, I mean, I, I think I, I definitely think we're on something we could spend the next podcast talking about just this. We could. Uh, yeah, we could do another 60 <laughs> episodes on the Beatitudes. So I think, I think what Tim Brake brought up is a great point because, you know, and I think this can be a both and thing, right? Yeah, like it can, I, yeah. I do. The, I I personally think this can be a both and, um, and I think part of what my hope for the audience is, as you can tell, I'm bringing this in for a landing because uh, we're getting to be over time, is um, this is a thing I would encourage if you're listening, wrestle with. Yeah. And when mm. I say wrestle, I don't mean like think about a little bit. I mean sit Look up the words on uh, Bible Hub. Mm-hmm. Like, think, pray, go. How can I be poor in spirit? And how does God? How does this reorient my thoughts and attitudes about who's in, who's out, about mm-hmm. where I should be, about me, about the people around me? Mm. Um, it, this is a this is a wrestling match where. I, I hope all four of us are still going to be wrestling with this a yeah. long time after we're done with this, because we don't we don't have all the answers. We're we're asking a lot of questions, which any good Jewish conversation has a lot more questions than answers, and so I think that's appropriate for us in this. That's a good place to end, and we'll pick this up next time with uh, "Blessed Are Those Who Mourn." Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.